<clears throat> Good morning. Today we'll be studying the fifth chapter of Hilchot Tefillah Birkat Kohanim. And this chapter deals with eight different items that an individual must be careful uh, to do them. However, in contrast to the five qualifications we talked about in the last chapter, the following uh, things don't um, cancel out an individual's tefillah, whereas the, the five qualifications that we spoke about last year hinder a person to fulfill his obligation. And these, the following items, if an individual didn't do them, his tefillah is still considered valid. There are eight things that someone who is praying must be careful and observe them. However, if a person was stuck or occupied and transgressed and didn't want to do one of the, the following things, he still fulfilled his obligation of prayer. And they are the following. Amida, standing, Mikdash, and facing the Beit HaMikdash, correct posture, being properly clothed, standing in the proper place, the modulation of the voice, and bowing on one's knees, prostrating oneself on the ground. How is the condition of standing fulfilled? And the source for this is actually a pasuk in Tehillim, Mizmor Kuf Vav Pasuk Lamed, where the pasuk says, Ve'yamod Pinehas Ve'yitpalel. Amida Ketzad. En mitpalelin ela me'omed. An individual can only be praying while he is standing up. However, if an individual was sitting in a ship or on a wagon, if he has the ability to stand without endangering himself, he can stand. However, if he can't, he should sit in his place and pray. And this is, keep it bear in mind, that an individual that is already sitting in one of these places. Someone who is ill, Praise, even while he is lying on his side. Provided that he can properly focus on the tefillah. Similarly, anyone who is thirsty or hungry to a degree that it truly hinders their focus and concentration, they are included in someone who is ill. If he can focus and concentrate on the tefillah, then he should pray. If he can't, he should not pray until he eats or drinks, and thereby will be able to focus. If an individual is riding on his animal, even though he may have somebody who is can, who will be holding his animal so that it won't run away, he shouldn't Get off his animal. Rather, he should sit and continue sitting on his animal and pray in one place. 
In order for him to be at ease. How is the condition uh, fulfilled in regards to the direct praying and facing the Beit HaMikdash? If an individual was standing outside of Eretz Yisrael, an individual faces uh, the Eretz Yisrael, wherever that may be in the world, and prays in that direction. If he was standing already, if he was already in Eretz Yisrael, he should face Yerushalayim. If an individual was standing in Yerushalayim, he should direct and face uh, the place of the Mikdash. If an individual was standing inside the Mikdash, individual should face uh, the Holy of Holies and that, where that place was. Some, anyone who is blind, or somebody that cannot determine the directions, or anybody who is going in a ship, as when someone's in a ship, the directions shift when they're in a boat. He should direct his mind and his thoughts. Uh, as, <coughs> Sorry, he should direct his mind and his thoughts towards the divine presence or the Shekhinah, and then he should pray. How is the condition of correct posture fulfilled? When an individual is standing while he is praying, he must have his feet opposite each other. And his eyes should be lowered as if he's looking towards the ground. And his mind and his thoughts should be directed upwards as if he is standing in the heavens. And he should have his hands on top of each other uh, and he's gonna. And we'll see. We'll see how exactly in a second. But this is again out of reverence and respect, in order to put someone in the proper mindset that he is standing before the King of Kings. His right hand over his left hand. He should stand as if he is standing before a master. Sorry, before as a an, as a servant before his master. In reverence, in awe, and in fear. An individual is prohibited from placing his hands on his hips, as this is not uh, such a respectful way to stand before a king. <clears throat> How is the condition of being properly clothed fulfilled? The individual should properly adjust his clothes and make himself neat and tidy, as the Pasuk says, bow before God in the beauty of holiness or sanctity. An individual 
is prohibited from standing in, in prayer while in his undershirt or with his head uncovered or with his feet uncovered. If it was improper, <coughs> sorry, and if his feet are uncovered, unless it is proper for people of that place to stand uh, before uh, honorable and great people uh, with socks. <coughs> And in any place, an individual should not be holding tefillin in his hands or a sefer Torah in his arms as his thoughts are preoccupied with them and he's afraid and he's focused on them and he's focused on holding them in order for them not to fall. And it's very difficult for an individual to properly focus on the tefillah while holding uh, one of these items. Also, an individual should not hold money or vessels in his hand. However, an individual can pray with the lulav in his hand during Sukkot as it is the mitzvah uh, of the day. And in Hilchot, Lulav, Harambam will actually mention that the minhag in Yerushalayim would be for an individual to leave his house with the lulav in his hand, to go to the Bet Knesset with the lulav in his hand, to pray with the lulav in his hand, as we'll see Be'ezat Hashem in Hilchot Lulav, Perek Zayin, Halacha Kav Dalet. If there was a burden on someone's head, and the time for tefillah arrived. And people in those days would carry things on their heads. If it was less than four kav, it's around five liters or so, and he should put it on his back and he should pray. If it was four kabin or more, he should put down the burden or whatever he's carrying on the floor, and only then should he pray. And the way of the sages and their students would, would, would be that they would only pray while their head would wrapped in a talit, or a prayer shawl. Again, in order to put them in the proper mindset and to allow them to focus and not be distracted. Halacha <clears throat> zayin. How is the condition of the proper standing in a proper place fulfilled? Individuals should stand in a low place. And he should face the wall. An individual must open windows or doors that are pointed out towards Yerushalayim and pray facing them. This is a pasuk, famous pasuk in Daniel, that the windows were open in his upper cha chamber towards Yerushalayim. Just a quick note, Rambam says in a teshuvah that 
this only applies to one's to a person in his house as Daniel was. However, this does not apply to a beta keneset. <clears throat> An individual should set a fixed place for his tefillah, uh, for every tefillah that he, that he prays. They should have, have a fixed place to pray. An individual uh, should not pray in an, un, or an abandoned or unstable building because the building might collapse. The Gemara gives a couple of other reasons why. And not behind the Beta Knesset unless he uh, directed himself and pointed himself to the Beta Knesset. This is a little bit ambiguous in, in the Gemara. Uh, the Mefarshim give a couple of different explanations to exactly what this is referring to. However, Harambam in a Teshuvah explains this halakha in the following way. That there's a square, a public square, and there aren't any structure, structures around it. And someone prays outside the, outside the Beta Knesset, and his back would be facing the Beta Knesset. It's a sign, true sign of disrespect. Rather, this individual should face the Beta Knesset, meaning go, either go inside or go around the other side and be facing the Beta Knesset despite him being outside the Beta Knesset and not give his back to the Beta Knesset. Unless he, again, directed himself and is facing the Beta Knesset from the other side. It is prohibited for someone to sit beside somebody who is praying or to walk in front of him until he distances himself for a mot from the individual that is in the middle of his tefillah. Halakha Individual should not stand in a place that is three hand breaths or taller and pray. And you shouldn't pray while standing on a bed or while standing on a chair. If he was in a, a tall building, if the structure is four amot by four amot, that is the minimum qualification and size for a house. It's as if it's another considered. It's considered another floor, and he is allowed to pray there. If an individual was enclosed on all sides by a partition, even though it doesn't have for a mot, he's allowed to pray there. He's allowed to pray there, as its height isn't recognized or different and it's considered its own domain <laughs> if they were employees that were at the top of a wall or at the top of a tree and the time for tefillah has arrived they go down and they should pray. They go down the tree or the structure and they can pray. And they return to their work. 
However, if they were on top of an olive tree or a fig tree, bin koman, they should pray at the top of the tree. As it's excessive to go down and it takes time. And what exactly do they pray? If they were uh, getting paid, uh, for, if, their, if food and meals was there and what they were getting paid, then they can pray the regular Amida and they can pray three times a day. If they were working for wages, they pray the short prayer that we mentioned a couple of chapters ago called Havinenu. And if regardless of their payment method, they do they are not hazan and they don't lead the services, and they don't uh, get, do the priestly benediction that we'll talk about later. Rabbi Yosef Kafih mentions that what Harambam here is referring means is that they pray beyahid and that they don't pray with a group of 10 people. Halachayod. Hashvayat hakol ketzad. How is the condition of properly modulating the voice fulfilled? Individual should not raise his voice during his tefillah and he should not silently pray, meaning only in his mind and not pronounce the words. Rather, he should pronounce the words with his lips. He should make his voice audible to his ears. But he shouldn't make his voice audible to others. Unless he is sick. And if an individual also is only able to focus if he makes his voice audible, then it's allowed. And this, this is only, an individual is only allowed to raise his voice during the tefillah if he is not in a, in, in a congregation and praying with 10 other men over bar mitzvah. In order for everyone else not to be totally confused uh, and thrown off by this individual uh, whose voice they hear during their tefillah. How is the condition of bowing at, on one's knees fulfilled? Anyone who is praying in each tefillah, he bows to his, at his knees five times. In the beginning, in the first beracha, he prays at the beginning and end. He bows, sorry, at the beginning and end. And the last blessing, one of the last later blessings of thanks, he bows at the beginning and end. And when he finishes his tefillah, he bows and and goes on his knees, uh, and then he <coughs> sorry. Let me read that. Let me read this part again. If an, when an individual finishes his tefillah, he should go on his knees, go back three steps while he is, uh, while he is bowed over, 
ונותן שלום מסמו עצמו ואחר כך ממין עצמו. An individual steps back with his back lowered again, and he lowers his head first to the left and then to the right. ואחר כך מגביה הראשו מן הקריין, only after that does he raise his head from the bowing. וכשהוא קורע בארבע קריאות, and when an individual bows uh, for the other four קריאות, he bows at ברוך, וכשהוא זוקף, זוקף בשם. And when he wants to raise, he raises up when he says uh, God's name. When is this applied, these five times of bowing in the tefillah? It's applied only in regards to a regular person. However, the high priest bows on his knees at the start of every beracha and at the ending of every beracha. And the king, because he lowered his head when he first began the tefillah, the first bowing, he does not raise his head until he finishes his tefillah. And this is something extremely interesting to point out, that because of their respective positions, the Kohen Gadol and the king, one would think that they should uh, not have to bow, or they might be above the law, or they aren't necessarily responsible for their actions. Jewish uh, legal system, because of these people's positions, they have, and they because of the added responsibility that they have, more rever they have to, they must have, they must have more reverence and more humility, comparison to another individual. And they, just like everybody else, are under the law for their actions. And naturally, anyone in a position of power uh, would, the power would likely get to their head. And this is a way uh, in halakha that we try and avoid uh, that. <coughs> Why does he bow his head first to the left? Because his left is the right of anyone that's facing him. Kilomar, as if, in other words, Shehu Omed Lifneha Melech, if when he is standing before a king, Noten Shalom Limin Hamelech, Vacharkach Lismod Hamelech, he first bows to the right of the king, and, and then does he bow to the left of the king. Vekavu, Shehi Pater Mina Tefillah, Kemoshiyu Niftarin Milifne Hamelech. And the sages ordained that an individual finishes his Tefillah. Just like an individual would finish speaking to a king and bow first to the left and to the right. All of these bowings that we mentioned before. Individual must bow so much so that his all the vertebrae in his spine bulge outwards. And he should make his spine in the shape of a bow. And if he, an individual bowed a little bit, and it's painful for him to bow more, 
and it's evident that he's bowing as low as he can, he is okay and he doesn't need to suspect himself of not bowing fully. How is the condition of prostrating oneself fulfilled? After an individual uh, raises his head from the final bowing on the knees of the tefillah, he falls on the floor and has his head touch the ground and offers supplication as he pleases. And Hahamim never established a set formula. And anyone can say their own supplications at this point after the tefillah. Sorry. When we say kiri'ah in every place, we're referring to the following kiri'ah. Al-birkaim. We're referring to the type of bowing that one would be on his knees and bow. Kidda. When we say kidda, al-apaim, we're referring to on one's nose or face that only that, that is touching the ground. Hishtahabaya, when we say hishtahabaya, we're referring to zepishut yadaim viraglaim. We're referring to of one's hands and feet totally on the ground. Until an individual finds himself totally lying face down on the floor. When an individual does uh, the nefilat apayim that we mentioned earlier, a couple a minute ago, uh, after his tefillah, there are those who do kidda, and there are those who do hishtahabaya. But an individual is prohibited from doing ishtahabaya, which is the full-fledged prostration on the floor, on a stone floor, save for the mikdash. As we mentioned and said in Al-Khut Abu Dazara. An individual, an important figure, may not fall down on his face. Uh, unless he knows that he is righteous as Yehoshua. Because after Yehoshua fell on his face, instead of Yehoshua, he was immediately answered. And the Gemara talks about this. See, Masechet Megillah, Daf Chaf Bet Amud Bet. And the Gemara uh, learns this actually from Rav. That Rav, one of the greatest Amuraim, uh, did not bow um, during... Uh, the nefilat <clears throat> Rather, an individual, rather this type of individual should, an important person again, should lower his face a little bit. And should not press his face on the floor. An individual can pray in one place and do nefilat apaim in a different place. <clears throat> And just to clarify what I said a minute ago, the Gemara learns this, up, learns this from, from Rav and offers different answers as to why Rav, who was the head of the Yeshiva of Surah, again, one of the greatest Amuraim, and was also from the family of David Melech, didn't bow. And Rambam takes the answer offered by Rabbi Al-Azhar, uh, which is the one that we mentioned with Yahushua. 
Final halacha, halacha tezayin. Minak pashut bechol Israel. There is a widespread practice in Israel, in the Jewish people. She'en nefilat apayim b'shabbatot u'v'mu'adot lo b'rosh ha'shana, lo b'rashi chodashim v'chanukah u'furim lo b'minha shel ha'arve shabbatot v'yimet tovim lo b'arvit shel ha'chol yom. That <coughs> there is no falling on one's face on nefilat uh, apayim from now uh, on Shabbat or on the holidays, or on Rosh Hashanah, and not on the uh, beginning of the new months, or Hanukkah, nor Purim, nor Minha of the eve of Shabbat, or the holidays, and not during the Arvit prayer of every day. However, there are some individuals that uh, do Nefilat um, uh, after the evening prayer. And only on Yom Kippur do we, in a congregation, uh, do Nefilat Apayim on every prayer. As Yom Kippur is the day of pleading and beseeching and fasting. Tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, on Sunday, we'll study Perik Shishi and Perik Shaviyah.